You're listening to VO Stories, Episode 86. Today I'm talking with a VO talent that has used the power of intention to create everything about her career and life, including her name, the lovely Jessica Blue. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Tina Zaremba, voiceover talent, mentor, and good old-fashioned storyteller. I believe we all have a story to tell. We can all learn from one another. I created this podcast for you, the VO artist, who's ready to embrace all that your VO journey has to offer. You'll be inspired, informed, and transformed as you learn from industry experts, VO talents, and my insights from 15 years in the industry, having voiced national commercials to promos and everything in between. Success in voiceovers is more than just a snazzy voice, and this podcast will help show you the way. Thanks for listening. Ladies and gents, hello. It's Thursday. Here we are again, and the year is almost over. What? And I think today's interview, it's just absolutely perfect to motivate you to finish off strong. I'm talking with Jessica Blue, aka Blue, who you'll hear has such a positive, intentional, and clear way of being, not only in voiceovers, but life. It's pretty inspirational. So without further ado, here's our chat. All right, Blue, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Tell the folks where you are today. I am in sunny Los Angeles, California. How the heck did you get that name? Because it fits you so well. (laughs) It does, doesn't it? I love blue. I've always loved the color blue. When I was a kid, my entire room was blue. I had blue carpet, blue paint, blue wallpaper, like everything was blue. I've loved blue since as long as I can remember. And the ocean is blue and I'm a total water person. So I was actually, how I, how it came to be was I was actually at a workout group with a bunch of friends, a voiceover workout group, a bunch of friends of mine would always get together and we'd practice. And I was wearing blue. I had a blue streak in my hair at the time. I've been rocking the blue hair since 2001. And a friend (laughs) of mine said, oh, you should start calling yourself blue. Like, I think that would be a great stage name for you. I'm like, I really like the ring of that. I think I'm going to take that and use that. So pretty much took that, ran with it. I credit my friend Una for making that suggestion and uh, been Jessica Blue ever since. But uh, a few years ago, I was actually in a, a workshop and there were four other Jessicas in the workshop. And so I said, can I change my name tag to Blue? Because every time someone says Jessica, all four of us are like, er, what? <laughs> we don't know who, which one you're talking to. And so then it just became a one name kind of call sign. So I love it. You mentioned that you were in a workshop. Do you do a lot of workshops to keep yourself fresh? And was that something you did at the beginning of your journey? Definitely. That's how I got started and just dove right in and took as many as I could and learned different areas of voiceover all over the place just so I could just immerse myself and learn as much as I could about the whole business and different areas that you can focus on and work in. So how did it come to be? Because your story is kind of unique in that you you started off a little later in life, right? Yeah. yeah. Talk about that. What was the impetus to trying out voiceovers? So I've always loved acting ever since I was a kid. I grew up on Bugs Bunny. I love cartoons. And I always thought of myself somewhat as a cartoon. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool to be a cartoon and be in that world where it's fantasy, you can fly, you can breathe underwater, you can die and come back to life like anything goes. And so 
I've always loved acting. I've loved acting in movies and film and TV and musicals. And it wasn't until in my late 20s, I think, my then husband heard this woman talking on the radio about her school that she teaches voiceover in Sausalito. And he said, hey, why don't you go give that a shot and see what it's all about? Because I know you like acting and everything. And But I was also somewhat shy. I wasn't really one to be a center stage in the spotlight, focus on me. I'm more of the behind the scenes kind of a person. So I thought, okay, let me check it out. Went to that first seminar and just was hook, line and sinker. I loved everything I was hearing and just signed up for a bunch of classes, dove right in, learned as much as I could. And that's what started voiceover, really. Did you continue on with your full-time job or did you Yes. Quit? And how was that? Because that can be tricky. I mean... Yeah. It, well, the first half it was, it's interesting. I was thinking about this. The job that I had, I was in corporate. I was working in the, the corporate law department. And I was so managing, creative. Oh yeah, completely creative. <laughs> and I was, I was managing a team of paralegals and case clerks for the lawyers. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so much fun. <laughs> and um, dying a very, very slow death. And And I needed something to just kind of fuel my life and give me life again, because I was just felt like I was sort of stuck and going nowhere. And that's when heard the woman on the radio and started taking classes. And that kind of gave me that boost. And so it was a struggle for the first half of that job, because I was working in San Francisco, the classes were in Sausalito. So that's like an hour away. And I lived in the East Bay, which was an hour away from San Francisco. So between the commute, going to classes right after work, they were long days and being married and you know, working with a marriage and all of that that comes with it, that part was challenging because it was that beginning stages of of learning and meeting people and networking and figuring it all out. And then the second half of the job was much easier because I ended up getting a divorce. I moved closer to Sausalito, but still far away from San Francisco. So the commute was actually worse and longer, but I worked it out so that I could get uh, telecommuting benefits so I could work from home. So that was amazing because it really opened the door for me to just do more. So I shouldn't say this, but I didn't do a lot of work work for the company. (laughs) I did more voiceover stuff because that was more fun to me, but they didn't know because I was not there. I was working, working in quotes, hair quotes from home. So, so the second half of that was much easier to balance because I was able to really just focus focus, 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 and dive head on into really more voiceover stuff. So how long were you at the corporate job for? That was for 13 years. Woo, girl! That, that particular job, I was doing corporate stuff long before then too. So I was, I was doing paralegal stuff for like 20 something years. So I bet you know your legal <laughs> rhetoric and legal knowledge for those explainers and industrials though. Totally. And medical as well, because before, before that job, I did asbestos personal injury. So that actually was really, really helpful when I would get medical narration that had all the crazy medical terminology that, how do you pronounce this? And for me, it just came naturally and was pretty easy. Whereas other people were struggling, like, how do you say hyperbolic, coliac, you know, something. And it just kind of rolled off my tongue with ease. So So that was kind of helpful. So was that your first niche was medical narration or did you decide on a niche when you started working in voiceovers? 
Well, initially, yeah, I wanted to do cartoons and animation. And then um, being in the Bay Area, you know, LA was the market for that. And San Francisco didn't really have a huge market. And I realized how competitive it was and how there were so many other people that were way better at it than I was. So I kind of put the cartoons on the back burner and focused on commercials and narrations because I felt like that's where my natural voice tended to lend itself to. San Francisco is also big on video games up there. So I did a lot of that as well. So kind of focused on that, but then got back into doing, working on cartoons and animation as well. And then once I moved down here, it was really spreading my wings and getting more into writing and producing and got to produce and edit a web series, Blind Date Me, that you were on and you were amazing <laughs> in it. Thank you. And yeah, writing, producing. I produced a, an audio book for an author, produced the web series, edited the web series, and now getting into more dubbing voiceover and directing voiceover, which is super fun. So just kind of expanding my, my knowledge base and skills and figuring it all out and learning as I go. I want to go back for a moment to the corporate job because I think so many people that are out there are working a full-time job and doing voiceovers or they're wanting to do voiceovers. Mm -hmm. And I think it's more available now to people than they even maybe are aware of, which is those telecommuting jobs. I mean, now employers, they don't want to pay for the insurance. They don't want to pay for the overhead of someone coming into their office. So you can work from home. So that is an option to think about when you're building your career. How did you eventually though, if you had that great setup where you're working from home and being able to do voiceovers, how did you finally decide, okay, or was it decided for you? Make the jump. It's kind of funny because I really never had a desire to move to LA or be in LA. I was perfectly happy being, you know, a little fish in a medium-sized pond in San Francisco. It was fine with me, but Once I started to get back into commercial stuff and I was working with friends on a project and a lot of them had already moved down to LA, I would come down, visit them and start taking classes and workshops down here and networking and meeting people. And I started getting this buzz of like, wow, this is really cool. It's very creative. Everybody's got their hands in something else. It's not just, you know, only voiceover, like they're writing and producing and acting and all of these other things. And so it just, it was really creative and a buzz that I really enjoyed. And so every time I would come back home, I would tell my, my parents and my sister about it. And they, they'd like, what happened? How's it going? And at the time, my dad had had a really bad stroke and I was his caregiver. And so I was constantly making sure everything was okay with him. I will never forget this moment. There was a moment where I came back from a trip all excited, telling him what was happening. And he's just like, so why don't you move down there? And I'm like, what? Like, I can't move. I'm taking care of you. I've got obligations. Like, but that's what you want to do. You should go. I'm like, what? So that Ah. moment was where he basically gave me permission and gave me his blessing to follow my dreams and pursue it. That lifted such a huge weight. Not that I even knew that I had that weight, but he just knew that that's where I was meant to be and that I was up to and meant for bigger things. And so 
from that moment, it took me about a year to get my ducks in a row money wise. And, and also I got to a point where it's like, if I have to do one more performance review for, for this staff, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> oh my God. So, performance reviews kill me because uh, they're always pointing out what your weaknesses are. I'm like, yeah, it's, a joke. <laughs> it's just such a joke. And it was, it's just such, it's such lame work and I couldn't stand it. And I literally was going to just shoot myself if I had to do one more of those. So I timed it such that I didn't have to do it for the next year and quit the job. And so I took the leap and took a risk. I had no plan B. I was leaving my entire family and friends. I had a small contingency of friends in LA, but I just decided, you know what, it's my time and this is what I'm supposed to do. This is where I'm supposed to go and trusted my gut and my instincts and went with it and made the leap and jammed. Mm-mm. And you bring up another good point, which I think so many of us feel we need permission Yeah, from somebody. Somebody yeah. needs to give us permission to, to be bold. Yeah. And I didn't even know I needed it. You know, yeah. I was perfectly happy making the trips back and forth. And, and I thought eventually, you know, maybe after things settled down with him or, you know, whatever that, that took its course, I figured at some point, maybe, yeah, I, I would make the move to LA, but I, I never, never imagined that it would have gone down and happened like that sooner than I had anticipated. So you get to LA, do you make a little type of plan for yourself? Like, okay, I know medical jargon, so I'm going to focus on this or... Was it just kind of throwing a bunch of stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks? I had no plan, honestly, other than working on this project that I I had with a bunch of friends. That was the focus. And then networking like a fiend and meeting people that were in the business and creating my own community within voiceover and still just kind of getting the lay of the land. Unfortunately, four days after I moved here, my father passed away. Mm. So that kind of threw me in a whole tailspin of like, okay, why am I here? What am I doing here? So I was in a funk for a good year and Mm. sort of fell out of like, do I really want to do voiceover? Like what's happening? So it was a big, huge roller coaster for me for that first year. But then I kind of got my mojo back and fell in love with it again. And that's also when I started to expand my horizons in writing and doing other things. So you market yourself a lot to get your work. Do you not? I, I don't. I, you I, don't. I, I don't. I, I am one of those people that is not a fan of marketing and promoting. I, I'm not one that likes to toot my own horn or talk about myself very much, which I think is hilarious. But no, for me, marketing is how I show up. It's who I'm being in the room with the producers and directors. It's the energy they bring to the session or the project or the meeting and what I'm leaving them with. So I like the phrase, leave a person better than you found them, leave a room better than you found them. Being excited about what it is I'm doing and infusing that energy that's just joy and happiness and fun, Mm. but also with a professional side to it because it's not all just a party. Um, But you can make it a party. You can make it a professional party. For me, yeah, promoting myself is more about who I'm being in the moment and what I'm bringing to the table and how can I make this fun and enjoyable for them so that they remember me and want to hire me again and bring me back into the room. And just also networking and word of mouth, you know, again, when I'm being that person with someone, they're going to remember that and tell someone else who might be looking for someone like me 
And they're like, oh yeah, I met this girl. Her name's Blue. She's really rad. You should go talk to her, find her and hire her, whatever. So for me, promoting is more about who I'm being and connecting with people one-on-one versus sending out mass things or marketing. I love that because at the end of the day, people are going to hire who they know, like, and trust. And I I don't like the word marketing either, but at the end of the day, you are to a certain degree marketing yourself through your beingness and through cultivating these relationships because I know you're getting repeat work and I know that you're getting work on your own. So the work that you get on your own, do you, like after a session that's gone well, do you reach out to that client and thank them or give me some of the blue magic? (laughs) (laughs) The blue magic, I like that. (laughs) Um, It depends on the client. And if I, if I have their, a lot of times, sometimes the the jobs that I book, I, I get a first name and that's it because it's done through the agent or whatever. So to the extent that I do can track down their information, yeah, I'll send them a thank you note or like something or follow them on Instagram just so that they get another follower, whether they follow me back or not, I don't really care because I don't subscribe to like, Oh, follow for a follow. Like whatever. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not into that at all. Um, but yeah, just depending on, on the situation. Yeah. Sometimes I will reach out back to them and uh, send a thank you note, like really great to work with you. Just a really short and sweet thing. Or, you know, well, for people that I work with, a lot of times it's friends that are reaching out to me because they know I do voiceover. And so they're just, they want to pick my brain, ask my advice. And, and then I'll just say, well, Hey, if you need this, you know, I can do this. Like, Oh my gosh, that'd be great. Would you? And so then it just blooms into a job that just kind of comes naturally. Yeah. It's really just about those, those relationships that I have with friends and colleagues that just continues to blossom. So you grow and cultivate the relationships that you already have. Yeah. Do you tend to play and be in the woo-woo. So um, I hope it's okay that I'm going here. Okay, cool. Do you have any type of practice that you have for yourself on a daily basis that you set so that it sets your career and your life on a specific path? Does that make sense what I'm saying? Because I'm just saying it off. Totally. Okay, talk to me. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Meditation is huge. And I love for people who are not familiar with meditation or just wanting to figure it out or get into it, Oprah and Deepak Chopra do this 21-day meditation like every quarter. It's a guided meditation. It's super easy. I love it. I do those all the time they come out. There's one starting, I think, on Monday. Yeah, meditating uh, every day and setting an intention for what I want to create, especially setting a specific intention for either going into an audition, if it's in an agent's office, or going into a job, a session, setting an an intention for who I want to be and what I want to create. So many times I'll go in and I'll say, this is going to be a fun, fast, easy session, and I am going to give them exactly what they need and be completely joyful. That that could be an example of something that I say to myself before I go in. I also say I am powerful, I am inspiring, I am loving. That's another one that I always say constantly. And yeah, just certain mantras and affirmations before just before I start something or go into something is is quite helpful. It also helps to ground me, especially if you're sitting in LA traffic or traffic anywhere and you're frustrated because drivers don't know how to drive and you're trying to get there on time and you're like, I just want to get there. And then you get there and you're a little bit frazzled. So it's a good way to just check in with yourself, take a deep breath, 
calm yourself down, ground yourself and remind, remind myself, okay, what am I here for to do? Who am I going to be? And how is this going to go? And nine times out of 10, every single time I say that this is that I'm going to be out of there in 30 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever, it happens. 99% of the time it happens. A key thing I think though with that is you have to trust and allow. Like you can't be, you know, going, okay, is this really going to happen? Is it really not going to happen? How do you just trust? Like you say those words and then you just kind of have to just like let it go. It's not just saying them, it's believing them. And Mm. so if you just say it once and you rattle it off, it's like, I'm powerful, I'm inspiring, I'm loving. Like, okay, really? Are you? Mm -hmm. No, say it at least three, four, five, ten times and say it with meaning, say it with power, say it with intention and say it louder, scream it until you actually feel it and you get goosebumps like I just got goosebumps just now. Just when you believe it, then that's when the trust happens, I think. And that's when you're in that flow state of just allowing and receiving and believing that, yeah, that's, that's what's going down right now and it's happening and it's on and it's good. Do you feel that you need to look at what you believe? I think it's super important to be able to recognize and become aware of those beliefs, especially when they're on the negative spectrum. And that if you go into a session like, oh, I hope they like me or, oh, I hope they do, I do good or I don't screw up or like, I don't even know why they hired me. I'm not even right for this or this was not what I thought I was going to be doing. Anything that's negative like that, the second you can become aware that that's a negative thought and identify it. And then what I try to do is flip it to find the positive in it why they pick me for this, but man, I'm going to show them that they made the right decision because I know I can rock this. Flipping the script and changing the story around that belief. And when you start doing that, being able to recognize the negative beliefs and then flipping them on their head to turn them into positive, that kind of starts to reprogram and rewire your thinking and your belief system such that you build your confidence and you you actually do start to believe in yourself. So those mantras that you are reciting have foundation and have that trust and belief starting to build into it. Love it. Love it. So my last question for you, dear Blue, Maya Angelou says words mean more than what is set down on paper. It takes the human voice to infuse them with deeper meaning. So with that, what do you hope Blue, your overall voice conveys in life as well as in voiceovers? I love that. Honestly, I'm I'm going to say take risks, say yes to everything. Even if you don't know how to do something, say yes and figure it out. That's what friends and that's what Google's for. <laughs> get out, just get out of your comfort zone and jump at the opportunity because you never ever ever know what door it will open for you. And most importantly, through all of that, just play and have fun doing it because life is way too short not to live your dreams. Amen. Where can folks learn about you? Uh, JessicaBlue.com. Woohoo. Check her out. Thank you, Blue. Guys, if you take away one thing from that interview, I hope it's that there's power in how you show up in life and in voiceovers and that you are powerful. So say yes to you. All righty. Until next week, here's to owning our voices. 